This is episode 109 with Mike Campbell. G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on Your Impactful Journey. How you going? Yeah, good mate. How you going? Yeah, not bad. That's the go. What's going on? Nah, not much, hey. Just the usual. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> How many times do you hear that as a conversation in Australia? Blokes, we're all guilty of it. Women, I'm sure you hear us blokes often engaging in that way. This episode is about why we need to and how we can go beyond the surface level conversations and talk about the shit that matters, as Mike terms it. Whilst there's a lot of reference to men in this episode, there's an abundance of value for you wonderful women listening, as I believe it'll help give you a better understanding of us male creatures and also give you some connection to this man, Mike, that could help you or the man in your life. Mike Campbell is... <laughs> Actually, I'm not going to give you the usual of what my guest does. I'm going to read a little bit from his About Me section from his website, and you'll understand why I've just had a laugh at myself when you hear this chat with Mike unfold. Okay, he says on his About Me section, I've just taken snippets of it. I like to ponder the simplest and most complex of things. I'll question how the tides work, look at the moon in wonder at the universe, wake up and think how weird is sleeping and approach my own life with the same curiosity. I hold authenticity and integrity to be a high value. I am loyal, loving, considerate and passionate when the subject or person lands for me. I'm driven by human connection, adventure, wonder and service. I value my health and my freedom of mind and experience. I'm naturally shy around new people and situations and may take some warming to, but once you're in, you're in. However, I also endeavor to grow and challenge myself, so constantly push my natural limits on this. I'm a little weird and different and take pride in being so. I don't really like to conform and have always had a penchant for making my own path in life. I believe everyone should embrace their own eccentricity. That's what makes us fascinating. I am, however, by no means off the wall. I'm just me. (laughs) Uh, That's brilliant. So that section on Mike's website entails a lot more about him. But then he goes on to say, I'm also a men's coach, author, founder of the School of Personal Mastery Coaching Program for Men. I'm the creator of the interview show and events called Beyond the Beers. I support everyday men from across the globe who are questioning where they're at in life to sort their shit out and get what they want in relationships and life. 
I derive genuine purpose in bringing about a new way for men to communicate effectively and confidently, navigating their own lives. (sighs) Love that. So beyond the beers is conversations with men that break the stereotype to encourage men to start embracing more meaningful conversations in their own lives. I personally really enjoyed this yarn, this chat, this meaningful conversation with Mike that went beyond the beers and dived into the shit that matters. And we both shared some vulnerabilities, as you do as blokes, as people, as curious humans. Speaking of curiosity, before we hear from Mike, are you curious to know how you can improve and optimize your gut health and gut brain connection? As Mike says, the shit that matters. Well, your gut health and gut brain connection really matters. And your shit matters too. (laughs) Yep, your poo. It's a result of your gut health. Functional medicine practitioner Carl Hewan and I have put together this program to help bring a lot of clarity to one place in what can be a confusing area of your health and well-being. If you haven't listened to the recent episode with Carl, go back and check it out to get a great understanding of what's on offer for you and what the gut health and gut brain connection is all about. Or just simply check out all the details for the program at yourlifeofimpact.com forward slash gut health. We're only taking a limited amount of numbers because we will be interacting with you and we want this to be a rewarding and empowering experience for everyone involved. Yourlifeofimpact.com forward slash gut health. Okay, now let's hear from the legend himself, Mike Campbell. So Mike, you're a man coach. What does that actually mean? (laughs) Good question. I mean, you know, in essence... I work with men and I coach them through certain aspects of their life. Um, And so what are those aspects? I mean, when I first, let's say, coined that term for myself, it was because I realized what I was doing wasn't this one simple thing, which at the time and and previously historically had been working as a personal trainer, uh, and and I really realized, "Mm, I do much more than the physical right now. And really what I'm doing is working on behavioral change and understanding how to get these men to, one, understand themselves better, and then, two, create the change that they want. And so I realized, you know, this is quite a holistic, let's call it, approach to things. So really I'm coaching men. And so then, you know, in a nice kind of succinct and cool-sounding marketing term, man coach kind of was born, right? And so therefore it's coaching men. But, you know, now what it's perhaps drilled down to is coaching men to turn and face their shit, giving them tools and strategy and support and challenge to overcome it, and actually start getting what they want out of life without the guilt, without the hang-ups. What is the most common challenge that you see with working with guys? Is it, is it fear of judgment? Is it anger and relationship issues? What, what's the most common one? I suppose the way I look at a question like that is like on what level, right? The level of, you know, perhaps like on, on my side of the fence um, or on the awareness level of, of the guy because what's the most common problem where the guys are at is all sorts of things, right? But I think one of the more common things when it boils down beneath the surface is what you touched on to start with, fear of judgment and and 
being heavily ruled what by what other people will think um, and essentially being frozen into an action or action that is based on receiving that external validation and praise and trying to avoid judgment and and so I think that's a, a big thing um, at the base of it. Can you give me an example on that? So when you said like it's frozen then into what did, what did you say? An action. In, into an action so based on their their fear their thoughts their emotions frozen into an action so then and then those actions obviously become repetitive and habits and create their life absolutely yeah 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 so you know i think when we get to the bottom of it right this is fundamentally what i see and and across a big spectrum of men no matter who you are what you look like you know where you live what your your day job is kind of thing certainly in in western cultures that i've more um come across is that there's these underlying beliefs around our worthiness and being good enough and all that kind of stuff. And so what that stems to is what other people will think, right? How that will relate to. I'm waiting on other people to let me know that I'm okay. And so when we have a belief about anything, right? But a belief creates a whole series of different stories that we tell ourselves. They create our behaviours. Our behaviours create our results. And that's what our life looks like. Right, so what does it look like, man? So many things, so many things, just depending on the guy and his journey into a certain set of behaviours and a certain kind of um, set of results, which is obviously why we see so much you know, difference in people. But we see those things playing out in many, many ways. And to, to, to paint perhaps a simple point, on one end of the spectrum, it could be a guy who's super introverted and self-deprecating, and you know, shrinks and belittles himself and talks down to himself. And on the other end. It's the guy who's overtly, you know, like arrogant and, and like perhaps obviously or maybe it depends on whose lens, um, you know, overconfident and, you know, is perhaps more ruled by ego and is really, you know, um, pumping himself up perhaps. Like either way, depending on the motivations of course, we've got someone who is trying to change people's perceptions of them in order to avoid taking a hit to their self-esteem. Right, and so it's just based down there at the core, but the behaviours are very different, right? Essentially contrasting, and it can go many different ways. And you said the word, the B word there, and it's around beliefs. Is a big? Do you see you as a coach? A big part of your job is to help people. Uh, I was going to say change their beliefs. You would hope that that's a byproduct, but maybe mm. um, become aware of their beliefs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look. At the end of the day, I think what I do is coach self awareness, mm. right? And so. You know, we were talking about this off air. I just started a, an intake, a coaching intake with a bunch of guys, and and so we have modules, right? So I'm um, a two-week module. The first module that they start on, which we were talking about this morning, is called "Who Am I?" Right? And it's like slap bang. You're going to confront this straight away. It's a question I have asked many, many men um, over the years of events and coaching and so on. And maybe sometimes it's not that bad. Sometimes it's super confronting. You know, it's a it's a question that many men have not even contemplated, let alone have the ability to answer. And so straight away, we're going to go, why, if there's one thing, I've been in my body for my entire life, I'm 37, right? You would think that would be the thing about the world that I know the most, but we don't, right? And so then we get into, you know, why does it happen? And we look all over our messaging, conditioning, all that kind of stuff. But at the base of it, hopefully, we're going to uncover information about ourselves, understanding of why we do what we do, what are our beliefs that start to you know, stem from wherever and, and, and create our behaviours and all that kind of stuff. So understanding of self is at the base of any kind of change for me, both why we are where we are and, and what is actually going to drive us forward. 
essentially. With that who am I question, do guys generally answer it with what they do before they understand what it actually means? Who am I? Yeah, so I mean, I, I maybe not in, in my, you know, the environment, let's say, of my coaching program because we've, you know, greased the wheels a little bit, mm-hmm. so to speak, to start with, but... You know, it, I mean, it's fairly common, right? If you go out somewhere and you meet someone and there's that kind of question around introducing yourself or something. Yeah. But certainly at events and stuff, you know, I'll ask the question and get guys to, to share or reflect or think about it. And often I think we go to, yeah, well, what do I identify with? Perhaps my job, what I do, um, where I'm from, my culture, religion, those things that, you know, um, in part are borrowed and it doesn't tell me anything about you, the individual. Right. And so an example being this morning, you know, we have, we, we set the scene, we're doing some things on the call and then we do some introductions. And I said to the guys afterwards, you know, every time we do those, I do it a little bit differently because I'm always going to see what's happening. And so this morning I let it and went first and I was very particular in how I introduced myself. So I didn't go to any of the, you know, I'm from New Zealand and, you know, I do this and I'm 37, the boring stuff that doesn't tell me anything. I went into things about me and what drives me, my passions and da, da, da. And then you sit back and you witness where they go with theirs. Now, it's not as articulate or deep, but it's totally different to what they realize afterwards they normally go to, which is, you know, I do this, I'm this old, I'm from here, right? The stuff that tells us nothing. And, and I think one of the key things, and this is actually a reflection from the guys this morning, is, yeah, it's safe. I go to the safe stuff, right? Because I don't have to divulge anything. It's like a feel-out process. And so, of course, when you have two people doing that or more, Everyone's just standing back. And, and, you know, really what we're doing is we're kind of hiding behind that mask of, I'm just going to protect myself here. Um, and then I don't really need to show up because then I'm not vulnerable to perhaps judgment, et cetera. Right? Mm. So I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Great question. How did, I, how did I not see that coming? <laughs> so I am Mike Campbell. I'm a men's coach, obviously. And who am I? I'm someone who's very considered and very curious so I love to figure out the world around me you know I'm very driven by um, curiosity and, and awe and wonder so um, you know something I realized a little, a little uh, while ago was that I've always had this kind of fascination for, for trivia and facts and in fact I always had like a, a trivia book hanging around as a kid kind of thing to the point that I just had a birthday last week and my sister gave me the latest uh, Guinness Book of Records and a book on dinosaurs um, because oh, I loved dinosaurs <laughs> too I'm with you because to me like I love experiencing new places and traveling and, and new cultures and, and learning mm. right um, but at the same time I can sit down for five minutes and have my mind blown by a couple of ridiculous facts mm. in the Guinness Book of Records you know what I mean so that's a, those are big drivers for me then when it comes to kind of what I do and, and, and what I, how I show up in the world I suppose is I'm, I'm innately now very curious about myself um, and and understanding more about myself and, and how I can kind of get you know the most out of my time here on the planet and then I'm incredibly passionate about helping men do that as well and and seeing what I think a lot of men can't see which is there's a block here and I'm either not able to or not willing to address it and so I'm happy to poke the bear a little bit and uh, support men and kind of getting past their shit and getting more from life. Brilliant. And we're going to dive into that. Before we do dive a little bit deeper, I just want to say, Mike Campbell, welcome to your life of impact. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> We've been connected through a couple of ways, actually. I first we became aware of you through a Lululemon post where you were doing one of your Beyond the Beers uh, events, which we're going to talk a lot about now. And I was away, so I couldn't go to the event, but I became aware of you and what you did through that. 
And then your beautiful wife, Nadia, is also coaching at the uh, Elevation Health and Fitness Centre in Burley, where I coach from. So connected through there with you. Also, you and Benny Wallington and I went and had a coffee at my favourite cafe here and uh, connected again there and talked entrepreneurialism and a bit of blokey stuff. So (laughs) it's good to finally get you on the podcast to share your value with my community, mate. So I'm super grateful to have you here. Very happy to be here. Pleasure. Something else that I discovered about you too, you've done the charity ride for Project Futures over in Cambodia. Yes. And I had Claire Pearson, the new CEO of um, Project Futures on the podcast uh, last year actually and really deep kind of um, exposure to all of us Mm. around what they go through over Mm. there but also really empowering to how much we can actually help. Mm. So tell us a little bit about that ride and what it meant to you. Yeah, so so I got involved with Project Futures a few years ago through the the founder, um, Steph uh, Lorenzo, and... Um, I think I got actually for those who are listening that might not have heard Claire's one. What is Project Futures? So, okay, so I'll give you my basic understanding. And essentially, their mission is to end human trafficking and, and sex trafficking. And and I know that the, the the mission is changing and changing a little bit as they learn and grow as a foundation too. So this would have been back in early uh, and and by the way, around the world, but but. I suppose some of their major focuses are Cambodia and around Cambodia and also um, here in Australia. Mm. Um, and so when I was exposed to it and, and um, through Steph, who I would describe as one of those people who could sell ice to Eskimos, right? So I sat down. We were My understanding of this conversation was something around potentially doing some stuff for men because, you know, this, the heart of human trafficking really is men needing to stand up and have a conversation, which I resonated with. And the next thing I knew, I'd agreed to do a ride through Cambodia. Um, so, so she sold me in pretty quick. And the idea with going to Cambodia was, one, to raise some money and awareness for obviously uh, the organisation and what they do, and then to actually take a group of us. And, and they had done these tours a lot, mostly with school kids, and quite often, um, not just girls, but I think that was quite often girls' schools was at that stage more more predominant. And they wanted to get a, a group of men together. They had an organisation every year they did called Stella Fella, and it was about getting men uh, involved. So the, the idea was... was Stella Fella? Yeah. Right. And, and they, do, they certainly did. Um, the Stella Fella Ball every year, and it was a big, big um, fundraiser. And obviously it got, you know, men from throughout society as well as influencers and so on uh, involved. But the question kind of came, how do we get men to put their, you know, body and, and money where their mouth is, so to speak? Um, let's get men to do a ride. So, yeah, we went over to Cambodia. We did a 10-day cycle through, um, you know, the absolute country in Cambodia, which was an amazing experience um, in and of itself. But included in that was visiting a couple of the centres and, um, and places that Project Futures supported with their fundraising and so that was uh, pretty confronting um, in, in moments it was amazing and just completely overwhelming um, in others to see you know these survivors of, of trafficking um, and hear stories and to see them embrace us you know we were foreign men who'd come into the space you know and you can imagine the trust and fear and all that kind of stuff going on even when you just get into it a little bit so you know to see the work they were doing and and supporting and rehabilitating these sometimes very young girls like it's totally fucked when you start getting into it um 
to the point that they you know embraced and 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 you know really kind of took us on board also because they knew you know how we supported their school happening and all that kind of stuff so it was an incredible experience and i just you know only have um admiration for what what the guys at project futures do and for me it was a great way to see yeah see what they do but also i suppose um the point in us going was to to get involved and not just do some posts or raise a bit of money but actually go you know what i think um Human trafficking and sex trafficking, it's, I can't understand on some level that it still happens, but of course I can. And, and so I firmly believe that that is an, a global issue that men need to be the solution of, which is not to say it's, we have to do it alone, but where's the demand coming from fundamentally, right? And so for me, this is one of those issues that men need to talk about, yeah. Brilliant. Credit to you for taking the, the ride too. That's good effort, mate. <laughs> now, let's talk about Beyond the Beers. What is Beyond the Beers and why did it come about? Yeah, so what is it? Well, it is an opportunity for men to take having a beer with mates to new depths and actually talk about shit that matters. And, and so that, how did it come about and why did it come about? Look, the most honest answer to that is it came about via, I suppose, a marketing question, really, right? Like, I was doing what I was doing, and, and, and what As I found... in coaching? Yeah, and what yeah. I found in my business was, like any business, or a lot of businesses, when, when you have a market who perhaps isn't super aware of their problem, right, and they're just oblivious to it, and it keeps um, cycling, you know, I was standing there going, I can't, you know, be saying to this man, you need to address this other area of your life like what are you thinking <laughs> you know um tell me what to do it doesn't normally work and so i started to think well where are we right you know and one of the things that popped in my head one day was this i found that i had been answering a lot of questions or or scenarios perhaps that were posed at me challenges troubles with the same sentence which was have you, have you thought about having a conversation why don't you have a conversation with that person? You should probably talk about it with that person. And I, and it realized, I realized, one, I'm clearly more willing to now have tougher conversations. And two, we're not doing it. We are talking on the surface. And there's an opportunity in so many times in our lives to go beneath it and have a real conversation or have the tougher conversation. And so when that dawned on me, I was like, man, okay, I get it. I'm one of those guys. I meet with my mates. We have a beer. We talk shit, right? We talk about women and sport and movies and whatever. And, and so that's when I thought, that's where we are. We are there. So let's meet them there and just grease the wheels and make it a little bit easier. So let's meet over a beer, um, the same kind of comfortable, familiar settings, you know, in a brewery or some cool venue like here at the Miami Marquetta um, in the Gold Coast and show some normal, relatable men talking about stuff that goes beneath the surface. And it doesn't need to be the most earth-shattering and like, oh my God, conversation. It can just be some stuff that's a little bit deeper than, than the standard. And the, the, the theory then, I suppose, which has certainly proved to be true, was that when men see that, they will realise, that's not that hard. In fact, I quite admire that man for sharing that. Isn't that interesting, right? And then that's certainly the case. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the big realisations... Uh, it's kind of that and it's not just me and so really it's about bringing men together to connect to chat to have some real conversations and kind of drop that mask for a little bit um, and and be in an environment where you no longer feel like it's just you and it's kind of safe and easy to do 
so that, that was kind of the genesis, I suppose, of, of Beyond the Bears. Um, and, and it started as a show as well, but quickly lent into events. And the whole idea with the show is the same thing, just witnessing men have real conversations. A show as in your YouTube show, yes. you mean? Yeah, yeah. An, interview, an interview style show. Yeah. Um, again, and we were talking about this off air, I, I just think there's so much power in men witnessing, like actually with their eyes, to normal dudes who they can relate to and go, that is me, basically. Um, and look at him talking about you know, his divorce and the struggles since that, or his, mm. you know, his battle with depression or whatever it is, yeah. right? Um, and, and fundamentally, when we shine a line on that stuff, we realize... It's not that hard and man, I feel a bit better, you know, like it's fairly simple at the end of the day. And that, that's, I think you kind of answered it anyway, but when you said talk about shit that matters, it's not that you, so beyond the beers and these events and your man coaching and everything, even us now, it's not that we're saying blokes need to go and talk about their emotions and blokes need to go and, you know, indulge. Although that can be helpful, it can be done in ways of, I like how you put it, talk about shit that matters rather than the weather and how the surf was and all that sort of stuff that's all right for a little minute. But what yeah. is the shit that matters that you're suppressing yes. that's going to jump out at you or at someone else in a rage of anger, resentment, depression, fear, whatever it might be. Yeah, some damage to self or others, right? And, and so, you know, I, I want to be clear here. I am definitely not saying this from up on my high horse. And I'm also not saying that we shouldn't talk shit, right? Like that is super healthy, right? And it's a big part of, of mateship and being kept honest. Um, but if you can't talk about meaningful things, with your mates who can you talk about it with mm. right especially people who you trust already on some level right because we have this weird i think distorted version of what loyalty is either way let's use it <laughs> often it's towards you know mates and stuff like that without perhaps having it towards ourselves so much um you know we'll kid ourselves on certain things and stuff like that but but we can utilize that and and they're those mates that we actually genuinely trust and get on with we always ask the question how are you going and we always say you're good do we ever answer it genuinely, right? And that doesn't need to be divulging this great big thing, but it might actually just be being real in that moment. You know what? Actually, I'm getting pumped at work at the moment and the missus is on my case. And then who knows where that conversation might go, mm. right? But the other thing I think that's super important and I always try and impress this upon the guys that be on the beers is this. As men, we love to fix and solve, right? I, I can guarantee plenty of men listening have, you know, had a situation in their relationship where their partner has said, I don't need you to fix it. I just want you to listen, right? But that's what we do. Um, and so when it comes to our friends, and this is where the loyalty comes in again, we are hanging to help our mates out, you know? Of course, mate, whatever you want. You know, sing out, I'll help. Come and fix the roof or whatever, right? But when it comes to stuff that's really going on in our lives, no one's willing to start it. You know, so if my mate came around to my mate's place and said, mate, I'm struggling at the moment, like I think the missus is going to move out on me or whatever, right? Can you give me a hand? Most guys would say, absolutely, mate. Like, how can I help, right? So everyone is waiting to help, but no one's starting by asking. And so there's just a disconnect, never gets going. Whereas if we want to make a virtuous cycle of helping and supporting our mates properly, it's fairly simple. Someone just needs to start and you make it okay for others to do it. And that's kind of the model. Why, why do you believe that it is like that? Hard for blokes to initiate that convo about the yeah. shit that matters. So, I mean, as we kind of started this conversation, right, like we inherently fear the judgment of others. But, you know, is this the cause of, is it just a compounding factor? Either way, you know, I think through heavy messaging, implicit and explicit through society and our, you know, upbringings and family and cultures, and then the conditioning off that, we have learned as men, 
that to show emotion or to share or to ask for help and things in and around that is weak, right? You should be able to suck it up and sort everything out yourself. And to a degree, we want self resili- we want resilience and self kind of efficacy, but um, to what point and what's the cost, right? And, and, it, and no one can do everything. Like, you know, sorry, dude, you're not Superman. Neither am I. No one wants you to be. And so um, everyone, every human has a breadth of emotional experiences. We have learned as men to shut off most of those. And so as a result, and kind of like you said before, we'll have maybe things pop out as anger or resentment, a couple of things, right? We've like learnt a couple of emotions um, because we mask all the rest of them. And so it's not healthy, right? And if you just ask the people around you, certainly anyone who's got a partner, you know, how, how am I going with communicating my emotions? You'll get a fairly, hopefully, honest answer back. Unless you're so far down that rabbit hole that they're terrified to give you an honest answer, and that's worth investigating as well. So, you know, fundamentally, I think we've learned not to, and we've shamed it almost, and so then, you know, we never get started. I really resonated before when you said that you have a curiosity about yourself, because that's what I'm like, and I always want to learn more about myself, because I know that the better version I am, the better father I'll be, the better partner to my gorgeous fiance, the better coach that I'll be, the better community member, everything. Mm. So that that just makes so much sense to me to mm. be that better version of myself. But do you find that it's that that curiosity of self might be there for guys, but they just don't know what to do about it? Or is it often more often than not that they're just not that curious about diving deeper i don't know good question um, i guess that's quite broad too because everyone is so different yeah and so i think okay so so what i see perhaps more is um i see the coping mechanisms right you know drink work excessive exercise porn gaming you know those things right and so if there's an obvious vice and note that i included things like exercise and work, right, because it takes all forms, um, then to me there's a, an unwillingness to, to get curious, right, because uh, it's a distraction. And so if there's obvious distractions, then there's an unwillingness. But that might be completely unconscious or it might be conscious. Mm. I mean, either way, right, <laughs> there's a necessity there. Um, and, then, and then what I think you see is, is people who are in the place of, curiosity and finding out about themselves and reading personal development books and stuff like that but they don't do anything with it right like it's nice to tick that off and I practice gratitude every day and I read you know Eckhart Tolle and it's like okay what are you doing with that information mm. oh nothing oh no 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 I'm not going to look in here it's like that's masturbation basically mm. <laughs> right so there's different ends of the spectrum and it takes all, all shapes and sizes and, and, and I think the big barrier is well again like we've kind of learned not to do that as we were talking about um, but to, f- to face like your shit essentially um, can be very confronting and when you don't have the tools to manage it it's like wandering into you know a dark forest at night and you know there's creepy crawlies in there or something you know it's like fuck it I'm just not going to open that door mm. so you don't it's easier just to pretend that it's not there so you know there's probably a little bit of self-denial and then as men because we have learned and it's so indoctrinated in us to not ask for help, then, because it's easy just to put your hand up and say, Robbo, mate, I'm thinking about diving into this stuff. Like, do you give me a hand? You know, how hard is that? Yeah. But we don't do it. Why? Because of the fear of judgment and that makes me look, you know, then I'm weak and blah, 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 blah. So, um, which I get and I've had that experience. Oh, yeah. For sure. Me too, for sure. And even in recent <laughs> times where I know myself 
really well, but then sometimes I know there's internal struggles and I think, oh, no, no, I won't say that to them because it might show a sign of weakness. And then I'll catch myself a few days later when I'm through it and think, well, that wasn't really the right process. But <laughs> it just still sort of crosses your mind a little bit. And mm. so I guess, you know, there is no magic pill that's going to make everything better for every day for the rest of our lives. No. The way that I sort of see it and feel <laughs> it. <and laughs> no. In everything that we're talking about. But, well, okay, just to, to land on it really quickly. Okay. Yep. Yes. Curiosity. And then that can take you bloody anywhere, right? So that right? could be the magic pill you make. To me, curiosity is, is certainly a central answer. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because if I'm going to observe myself and, oh, I'm being hard on myself. If that's my pattern, I'm probably going to be hard on myself again. Versus being curious and going, I wonder why that is. Mm. It's, different. it's a different approach. Mm-hmm. So, so um, the non-satisfying pill is curiosity (laughs) i think start there (laughs) how can this this conversation right now and these topics and this work that you do with men how can this help for the female listeners right now there's that whole notion that men are from mars women (laughs) are from venus and sometimes you know blokes probably think well that means we've got to get to know women better women probably look at that and think well there's a lot of difficulties about understanding men what's your hmm. experience in that regard to yeah to how you have seen that play out to help women and this kind of conversation in helping them as well yeah so i mean i i end up interacting with a lot of women i suppose who are curious about what i do or resonate with some of my staff and it's like oh man i wish my my man would you know read your staff or whatever um or how can i do that you know how can I put this in front of him kind of thing? Um, so, so I get a, a, a level of curiosity. <laughs> um, and, and then what's happening, I think I see a bit of a, a, bit of a spectrum. Um, you know, sometimes it's a, a bit of a projection, right? She's actually needing to look at herself, not focus so much on him or whatever, um, which also happens the other way around, of course. Um, so I think, you know, fundamentally, right, humans... Um, want to live a nice, happy life, have good relationships, and be a nice person. That's kind of at the base of it. Unfortunately, we see all sorts of weird shit go on based on conditioning and belief systems and, you know, like traumas and stuff like that, right? But at the base of it, if women are asking me about this stuff, it's because they have a curiosity to, to potentially support the man in their life better or make their own journey through life a little bit easier, Right, and so if let's say it's a woman who's single and she's trying to meet a man, she's trying to understand a man. So I also do a, a kind of relationship coaching program with a friend of mine who has a very large, mostly female audience, and so most of the women on that, uh, uh, most of the students in that are female. And we had a retreat last year in Whistler, and so these um, twelve people, one guy, eleven women, had been with us for a couple of days already, but also they'd done a six-week course with us, so they'd been, you know around our content a bit and, and so on. And they were sitting down, we're having the lunch and dinner, all that kind of stuff was still around. So that was when it was more casual chat, but still all the, all the conversations. And this was just typical of the kind of thing that I hear a lot of in the understanding or desire to understand me and perhaps was um, one of the participants, this woman, she said, you know, okay, okay, hold on. So this guy said such and such and such and such. What does it mean? <laughs> I looked at her and I said... It means exactly what he said. <laughs> You're overthinking this. But this was the point. Men mean what they say and say what they mean. 
Women, not as much. And I don't mean that in the way that it might sound, is that women are more open to interpretation and change. Men are not. So when we say something, it usually has truth to it, or we mean it, even though it might not be perhaps from the best place or have like a deeper truth to it. So it's simple. But again, it was coming from a place of wanting to understand, right? But she was overthinking it, of course. The answer mm. was right in front of her. Um, and then through to something like just last week, I think it was, I had someone, um, a woman messaging me um, on Instagram and um, she had said, okay, so what's the story? Why are men so gross? And she went into this explanation essentially about she's married and this guy who is married has been basically trying to hit on her, right? And so she's trying to understand. But what she'd done was made a massive generalization that I wasn't going to stand for. <laughs> and so I was like, men aren't gross. This guy's an idiot. Mm. Simple as that. Set a boundary and say he doesn't get to communicate with you. Simple. But it comes from understanding, right? Does that kind of answer the question? Absolutely, yeah, yeah for sure. And that's what I think um, is really powerful in, in the space that you do. It's not just, you might be working predominantly with men, but with what you do and the conversations that you're putting out there and the content and even for the female listeners to listen to your, actually to watch your um, YouTube program of Beyond the Beers, I think there's a lot to be learned from that to understand that perspective. And I kind of look at that from the opposite way because for me, I have a real interest and I'm really inspired by women mm-hmm. from multiple different facets mm. of life. And, and I've, I've often said on this podcast, I think it's because I've had some strong female mentors and coaches and leaders mm-hmm. in my life mm. and I'm drawn to that presence and I really, yeah. I learn a lot from that and I, it helps me to understand every environment so much better and interaction and human connection so when i see and hear what you're doing and talking about and putting out there and whilst it's man 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 beyond the beers man 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 i know that for you you know that you're getting that deeper ripple effect as well yeah absolutely and and you know because i've had questions like you know so beyond the beers for example is only open to men um and, and of course people always ask you know can women come along or women say i'd love to be in the audience and stuff like that it's like great right? There's spaces for that. And, and this just isn't it. Mm. Because I believe mm. that at some point, somewhere, men need to get together and be men. Um, because we fear judgment so much. And we, ta- we do, whether we're aware of it or not, we attach so much of our worthiness to who we are and how we are as a man. And so when we can come into a space where it's just brothers, essentially, and feel safe, it changes, right? The, the feeling in the room is something that you don't get elsewhere. And I create it that way for a very good reason. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but in part, because as you said before, right, you know, I'm not selling beyond the beers uh, on come, fellas, and talk about your feelings, right? Because <laughs> that marketing really isn't going to work. But on some level, we are getting into that stuff, right? But I'm aware of words and language that, that works and stuff like that. And so in part, you know, I am encouraging and certainly in my, my, my coaching work, Supporting men to, you know, kind of tap into the feminine a little bit more and understand, you know, their emotions and et cetera. Um, because I think as an individual, regardless of who you are, right, we each have the masculine and feminine in us. And so what I think we miss a lot of is the integration of those two things. And so what I will see is men who are at the far end of the masculine spectrum, let's call it, you know, hyper masculine and, and a lot of the things that can quite easily these days get labeled as toxic masculinity and then and you know it's just that kind of hyper over um, masculine traits and then at the other end we also have a lot of men who are like fully and totally in their feminine and and not like on the surface neither is 
good nor bad, perhaps, depends on the situation, but this can look different for everyone. There's no way, single way about it, but equal parts, heart and backbone. For me, that's what I'm hoping to educate and support my men um, in, in integrating for themselves, and that will look different from, from one man to the next. So he can go out and, as you said for yourself, be a better human, father, lover, you know, son, boss, whatever it may be. Um, and a big part of that um, is the feminine. And so, you know, that comes into the teachings and everything, absolutely. And I've also been very lucky to grow up with two um, amazing older sisters and a mum who, you know, was a, a huge part of my life. And I have no doubt that that was, you know, a big part in, in who and how I am today and has perhaps opened the door to my understanding of the feminine a lot more. Yeah. Mate, what are some <laughs> challenges that you have in your life that you face uh, as a bloke? Mm-hmm. And is it things that, is there new ones that come and go or is there a constant internal battle that you have to remember to keep using the tools and strategies for? Um, well, I mean, I'm fairly open about this one and my biggest challenge easily is my relationship. Um, and and on a, for a couple of reasons, I think. One, because like it's kind of the most present thing in my life, essentially. But also, I give a shit about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so therefore... Um, the you know there's more of a spectrum perhaps in in, in the emotional you know um, cost and effect and and so on. So um, my biggest communication challenge is easily with my wife. Um, so that's probably the more consistent thing. And um, is there an internal battle? Yes and no. Like I think the level of curiosity that we we're talking about earlier. Um, leads to me asking questions but having the tools um, that I've worked on developing I suppose helps me to navigate those questions so so that's easily probably the biggest challenge and then outside of that it would be my business for sure yeah trying to trying to run a business create a business build it you know and support men and people in it as well as build it yeah there's plenty of challenges in there yeah but the way sorry um, the one thing that I look at for those and all of them wherever they are is that i chose them and i choose them so like at the end of the day as in you chose those challenges of course i do yeah yeah right i I continually choose i continually i chose to get married i continually choose to stay in the marriage i chose to run my business i continually choose to do that of course there's lots of little things in there but um at the end of the day it's my own making and so i'm happy to you know accept that i suppose and then of course you know reach out and get help or support wherever i need it i find that I, my um, constant battle is just the stories I create in my mind and I'm very blessed with the life that I have and like I say that I've created I know that nothing is you know a fluke and I'm not lucky it's it's process and Absolutely. it's a challenge and it's building through that and, mm. and I've had struggles in all different areas of my life and I constantly get and I might be just high in so many areas in life and then realize I'll just catch myself and realize holy shit that story I've been telling myself for half the day, no wonder I'm not feeling awesome mm. today. It's not anything different. I'm still doing my exercise, my meditation. I've got my beautiful fiance around. I've got this sunshine every day, but I just wasn't feeling quite right. Mm. And then I realized in my head, I'm processing this story and it generally goes back to the underlying factor of I'm not good enough or what are those people or what will those people think about me? And then yeah. I just come back to like the tools and strategies and just realize. <laughs> that was just that crazy mind and just 
do what you know you need to do. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And so, so I, you know, I won't say that I don't have those because I do. It's just that perhaps more so they come into a relationship in mm. my business, right? And so, you know, like, um, and I think you were sharing earlier, you watched the, the, so the first interview of Beyond the Bears that I ever did was me getting interviewed, right? Because I'm a firm believer, especially when I'm doing the work that I'm doing with men, is that I have to go first, right? Like men respond in that way. And, and I can tell you right now with Beyond the Bears, it's like, you give them permission and away they go. And permission is someone starts. <laughs> and so that's how it worked the show. But in that episode, um, I was sharing about uh, sometimes, you know, I have that fear of being caught out as a fraud and, and all that kind of stuff, right? Imposter syndrome, and it's very, very common. And that's something that was very, very true for me um, in times gone past, not as much now, for sure. Um, but, but, you know, this stuff changes, right? The human experience is changed. So all of my relationship with those kind of things changes as well. So, so I will definitely have days where I'm being hard on myself or very doubtful or that kind of stuff, fearing perhaps what, what people might think. But in, the, in, the, in my business sense, one of the, the, the learnings and things that I perhaps have to reinforce uh, is um, because where I found I was fearing what people might think was more so my peers and people I look up to. And, and, and so what I had to check myself on and perhaps might need to, you know, when it comes up is I'm not speaking to them. It doesn't actually matter what they think. In part, and I choose those people, mentors and so on, and respect their opinions and, and feedback, etc. But it's the people I'm talking to. That's who needs to hear this. And so if I'm writing something for my people I admire, then I'm kind of missing the point a bit. So it just kind of makes, you know, helps me kind of check myself a little bit there. It doesn't mean, you know, the message goes out instantly or whatever, but it's putting me into the whose opinion matters here, mine and then these people because they're the ones who, I want, who want to hear this, yeah. Brilliant. And by the way, I took the, uh, the nice guy test on your website. Yes. And so this was to determine, I believe, if I'm too nice of a guy and whether it's helping or hindering me. And How'd you go? I wanna, oh, well, I actually want to ask you, based on the little bit of interaction that you and I have yeah. had, how how do you think I went? How, how well do you know men? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, good question. And and I have a uh, uh, so so what I would say is I see a bit of a mirror. So the nice guy stuff, which you know potentially takes a bit more getting into, but we're talking about the quintessential nice guy who says yes to everything and puts himself last and always sacrificing himself and, and whether he knows it or not, it's often in the hope that he'll get approval and validation, et cetera, back, right? And it's kind of like a covert contract. I do this for you. I'll be nice. I help out. And then you'll see me as a nice guy and that's, that's what I need. Um, that man is genuinely nice a lot of the time, right? And so the questions are there to try and kind of ascertain that. That very much was me. And I worked through that. Right. So now I am a nice person fundamentally so I see that I would say you resonate with a lot of those questions but you've moved through a lot of them now so my answer <laughs> does that make was, sense yeah yeah I, I got uh, rated as and I guess there's different categories based yes. on your answers yes. so my result was I am the maybe possibly not yeah mm. which makes would you resonate that you've been there in the past exactly what yeah. it was yeah. exactly <laughs> what it was yep and and then I read that and I thought Oh, yeah. Like, I definitely was like that. How vague is that answer, by the way? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> but you do have a video that answers that. Yeah. So, it's vague for the listeners now. But for guys, <laughs> I recommend going on there and just having a go at it. But, you know, what that identified for me personally was exactly right. Like, previously, 
I had been a lot more about that. Mm, mm. Now, after doing a lot more deeper work and understanding myself at a deeper level, understanding what my values are, mm. and with kindness and gratitude and giving and those kind of things are actually deep core values of mm. mine. So I realized that when I'm being like, that's who I need to be to be me. That's mm. my internal drivers. Yeah. So, and I don't feel like I put myself last. I, sometimes I feel really selfish because I do so much for myself, <laughs> you yeah. know, with breath work and swimming in the ocean and exercising a lot and spending quality time with my gorgeous fiance every day when we're together. But what does that do with your ability to, to, to support people and do what you do? It enhances it. There you go. Yeah. And so I think the key thing there is around expectations, right? Like, do you expect anything in return? And you have to be brutally honest with Mm. yourself on this, right? Um, For the things that you do, right? And if that's coming in, you know, not all the time, because we love to be black and white and, and, you know, all or nothing. And and this is where I see a lot of men fall down. Um, Of course, not all the time. But if that's like a predominant driver in a lot of them, then you don't expect anything in return or it doesn't matter what people think. That's different mm. to like people aren't noticing me or, you know, anger and resentment building up because you know what? And this is where I had, and so I've had a lot of guys who resonate with this stuff. I had one guy come into my program who, it's common, but his, his was very, very obvious. He would get, he would help people all the time and he would be searching for people needing help and they need help, right? Mm. And then he would get annoyed when people didn't do the same thing. Look for when he needed help. So he would be doing something or whatever at work, home, whatever needing help wouldn't ask for it and he would be expecting people to see that he needed help because mm. that's what he does it's like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we call covert contracts you're trying to manipulate people yeah and right. that is not nice it's the opposite of being nice right mm. i do this for you you like me back and when you think about it like that it feels gross yeah it doesn't feel nice Right, and so it requires a level of honesty, and and I can definitely say this from a place of you know absolutely being there, um, but also I speak to so many guys, it's just like oh my god, oh my god, that's me. It's like okay, well, what it essentially comes down to is a, a worthiness issue, right? I don't feel so okay about myself, and so I need other people to to tell me that and reassure me mm. and approve of me and validate me and so on. But the problem being, of course, it's like a sieve, right? Because you don't believe it yourself, it comes in, it falls out. Mm. You just need more and more and more. And, and then you become needy, right? I need that from you. And that's a taking relationship. Yeah. So the nice guy who's potentially giving a lot, if this is the, the cycle, um, it's actually very selfish. Right? It's yeah. a selfish form of giving, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Now, I've heard you say that these words, we teach people how to treat us. What do you mean by that? <laughs> so... Um, I think it can probably play out in many ways, but but I'll go to one that I think is super common, powerful perhaps for men, and that's respect, right? Respect is a very, very uh, big driver, and it's often a very um, common value for a lot of men. Um, you know, when, when you come back to kind of very old, like evolutionary standpoint in terms of hierarchy and, and, and hunters and stuff like this. So we want respect, right? And a lot of the drivers the nice guy situation or as we were speaking about earlier just in terms of like worthiness and driving of behaviors and stuff if i am showing up in the world and acting and behaving in ways that i am hoping people will approve of me right a lot of the time i'm seeking respect if i don't value myself if i put myself last all the time i am showing that i don't respect myself certainly on some level, but I'm wanting it from others. And the thing is, it's hard to respect someone 
who doesn't respect themselves, mm. right? And so in those moments, certainly anyone who can see it, I can see that you don't respect yourself. You are teaching me not to respect you because you don't respect yourself. Brilliant. Right? You're not essentially worthy of it because you're telling me you're not worthy of it. And so you're putting all the faith in me to do the respecting. And that's, that's hard. You're getting off on the wrong foot. This is the same thing with trust. Trust in relationships anywhere. Most people look at trust externally and it, and it all starts in here. Right? And we want people to trust us, but we don't trust ourselves. It's like, how can I trust you when you're telling me you're not trustworthy because you don't trust yourself? So that's essentially what we mean by you teach the world how to treat you, right? And, and it starts with you. But again, if you're disrespecting other people, what are you saying about, you know, respect uh, and so on? So yeah, I think there's plenty of ways that it can play out. Um, you know, and, and here's an example that I've used plenty of times and, and a lot of people resonate with. It's not necessarily so clear cut and what to do, but you're new at a job and... It's 5 p.m. on a Friday, it's 10 to 5 on a Friday and the boss comes and gives you a task that's probably going to take an hour and a half. Mate, can you just do this before the weekend? And you're eager to please, so you say yes. And then on a little level there, you just told him that it's okay to give Robbo a task at 10 to 5 on a Friday when he should be out the door at 5 or whatever, right? Uh, And so he'll come and do it again. And unless you put a boundary in place, you're teaching him that it's okay to give me those tasks at five when actually I want to be out because I need to get to my wife or pick up my kid or whatever it is, right? So there's many ways that that stuff plays out um, and just in in terms of our beliefs and and kind of how we show up in the world. And and I think it can be very dangerous, but at the same time, it can point where we need to look. How much of that then plays out in environment and that thing around you are a result of the five people you spend the most time with. So I'm linking that in now what you're talking about respect and I'm thinking about how I'm attracted to people that I resonate with. I want to spend time with people like yourself who have similar values, belief systems, different perspectives of the world and I can tell that you respect yourself. I hadn't actually thought about that before until you said it, but I can. But now. also, it's one of those things that might be a little bit subconscious, unconscious, depending on where you're at. Do you know what I mean? You pick up on those things. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so, just to blow my own trumpet, right? <laughs> <laughs> well done. You carry the respect well. <laughs> so I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, for me personally, I've shifted a lot. I've changed a hell of a lot as a person. In terms, there's some fundamentals. I've always been an optimistic yep. lover yeah, of yeah. life and a very family and caring person. But I guess I went through phases and, you know, early to mid-20s, lots of partying and went through that. And, you know, all my mates that I grew up with, love them to death. But I feel like I've grown in a very different direction. I choose to spend time now with people who I resonate with with how I am now. It's not because I'm ashamed of that or... Um, you know, I still love my, my good mates that I grew up with, but I just choose to spend less time with them because I know now what makes me resonate and fuels my soul and allows me to be that better version for every area of my life. And when you talk about respect there, I guess um, when I meet people now and when I spend time with other groups, I guess that's now something that I'm either feeling or not feeling is when you can see people who don't respect. And typical language from bloke, oh, um, doesn't fucking matter anyway, does it? It's always been like that or whatever it might be or, if, uh, you know, you only live once, let's fucking go for it, you know, yeah. and that kind of stuff. And I feel like, oh, do you really think that and mean that? <laughs> mm. And I don't resonate with that. Yes. So I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. my question, I'm just unpacking my mind a little no, bit here while it. I was listening to you, but 
how much of what you see when you're working with guys can be a result of the environment and mm. the groups mm. of people that they continually choose to spend time with and the environments mm. they continually choose, like that yeah, choose yeah, word yeah. you said yeah, before, yeah. to put themselves in. Yeah, so I mean, I think like um, in essence, a lot of it, right? Like I suppose I lean far greater to the nurture end of the nurture nature um, spectrum when it comes to how we become who we are, right? But I think most of that is formed, you know, in our formative years as we're younger. Um, that will then start to determine, you know, as teenagers and adults, you know, what those circles perhaps are like, and therefore the decisions that we make to stay in those places or not um, comes down to the individual situations throughout our lives, the, the the individual stories and beliefs that we create. For example, you know, you could have twins and they go through everything together, mm. but they create a different story around it, different perspectives. So then. Um, yeah, you're a 25 year old dude, and um, you know your your 30 year old brother is out in the world and kicking goals and doing some stuff, and you see that, and you kind of want to maybe emulate it a bit, but your mates are like, just bought another round, and you're like, oh, I was going to go to that seminar in the morning, right, whatever. Um, yeah, fuck it, just have that, right? Because you know at that point, everything in your life has been gearing towards you making that choice until you choose different mm. right um and and so they're going to continually influence you um because you are choosing that now you can choose to to, to try and change and hope that they come with you and that's a harder task right try and get four blokes and change their minds good luck right or you can start to change who you are around more Right, um, and then maybe those guys might want to come with you, but if you want to be over here, you know, in this example, maybe you spend some more time with your brother or whatever it is. Mm. Right? Yeah. Does that answer the question? Yeah, definitely it yeah. does. And yeah. I think that's the biggest challenge with a lot of people, but mm. a lot of blokes, mm. because you do you get that group of mates, and then all of a sudden, you might feel like, oh shit, like I am drawn to something else. Then, but they are my mates. Like I got a bit that loyalty aspect coming back. Into yeah, it. and so this is you know maybe to to make sense of that a bit more. This is where I think as men we often have loyalty a little bit screwed up. You know, and it comes into when you talk about values and you look at values. A lot of a lot of guys get loyalty down, and often what I'll see at the same time, maybe not in the same conversation, but somewhere else here is like how this like you know maybe let's say the nice guy syndrome. So essentially, as a nice guy, you're abandoning yourself all the time, right? You're just choosing not to respect yourself, and and it's like that's loyalty, man. You're being disloyal to yourself mm. all the time. So actually, you don't value loyalty. You value this weird definition of it, right? And so if you were truly loyal or valued loyalty, then it starts with self, right? And so, so what's important to you? Start there. Mm. And so what we've learned loyalty to be is like loyalty to a job or a set of mates that perhaps we really resonated with, you know, and often is the case for a bunch of blokes. I resonated with them really hard from the age of 13 to 17, 18, yeah. maybe, you know, a few more years. Um, but I'm loyal to them now. But at the same time, evidently, if this is the situation, every choice that I make to keep going in that path, I'm disloyal to myself, mm. right? Um, and so that's where I think yeah, it can pay to relook at what loyalty is. And I guess to paint the picture from, for other people listening now, because you grew up in rugby culture, right? You played a lot of rugby and yep. at a high level in New Zealand. And, and I know what it's like. I played footy and, and loved that and loved that environment. So you've been exposed to that and I guess you know and that that's I don't even want to blanket it is in rugby culture because <laughs> yep. there's you know okay, yeah. lots of 
and you look at the All Blacks, that's definitely not like that. But mm-hmm. the footy when you're growing up, yeah, it is a lot like that. And there's a lot of that blokey type culture yeah. where it's definitely not, you know, talking about shit that matters very often. <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily, but but also, you know, like let's point out that stuff. There's nothing inherently wrong with it. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I mean, and and this is where I think we we get really confused as a society around like masculinity and you know like the term not toxic masculinity and so on you know we look at things like aggression for example is like a scapegoat it's like that's bad it's like no it's not actually aggression we wouldn't honestly we wouldn't be where we are right now if we didn't have aggression mm. and, and healthy use of uh, aggression and competition yeah. right and obviously part of the problem is where that gets mislaid and hey ho if you can't understand the rest of your emotions something bad might come of it so men need an outlet for aggression right and this goes all the way back to evolution which is many many years of this shit forming a hunter needs to be aggressive and single focused on a target if you're going to try and take down some animal it's how it works Mm. so skip forward we're the same being we need a healthy outlet for aggression physical team sports is a fairly good way to get that yeah. right and so it provides that absolutely um but like anything i think doesn't matter what you're talking about who you're talking about at some point you, you've got to start asking questions like you know is this serving me how much is enough um you know if the culture mm-hmm. is getting into let's say half the shit that we see with the nrl making it into the media and stuff oh, maybe that shit went too far right um but if that's keeping those guys you know as a healthy outlet for aggression and, and bonding and competition and camaraderie and brotherhood it's like man take that away from someone and i'll show you a man who's going to struggle mm. right and of course at the other end of the spectrum of let's say beyond the bears and the blokes who just talk on the surface there's the guys who don't have that at all who have a lot of social social isolation who don't have friends mm. who don't have men to communicate with and talk to and that shit is dangerous very dangerous right um on the same level because of course they're suffering under the same condition you don't reach out for help and so on right so you know i think there's a all sorts of tangents in there but but one of the points being why i think it's so important that we are working with and understanding men yeah yeah brilliant well said (laughs) now very mindful of time but there is a few guests uh sorry a few questions that i ask all my guests so i'd love to hear from you mike what does your personal self-care look like to keep you physically, mentally, and emotionally intact? Um, so some fairly common and simple kind of physical requirements. So, you know, movement um, every day. There's, there's specifics to this stuff, but I'll be, I'll be quick and broad. Movement every day, you know, very much managing uh, my sleep. Meditation, you know, good nourishment through food. Um, and then like kind of with that, is um, I strive to not be dogmatic with those things as well. So I see nourishment as, as a very broad term that also involves having a beer, getting in the water, catching it with mates, you know, going for a hike, traveling somewhere, right? So, so mm-hmm. self-care is kind of expanding into that stuff um, a bit for sure. And then, you know, otherwise like mentally, emotionally, there's things like journaling and... and um, having real conversations yeah, right? like yeah. I know how nourishing it is and so it's one of the things I've actually been asked a little bit in terms of like some of my friends beyond the beers having those kind of conversations and it's also something I do need to continually kind of check myself on right because I have friends across the spectrum and I've got my older mates and stuff who don't necessarily have the real kind of conversations and and I know in part in the past I've been a little guilty of saying well that's okay because I, I have all these conversations over here all the time mm. and almost it's been an excuse not to venture into that 
right? And so I just kind of have to check myself on that. But I know, you know, having real conversations is, is a massive part of it. Um, connecting, getting stuff off your chest, as it were. And then the extension of that, I suppose, emotionally is um, being open and honest and and leaning into the tough situations and conversations in my relationship, which might not feel like self-care in the moment, but, you know, like to get, let's say, some reward, you have to enter the cave that you fear to enter, right? So um, a bit of a spectrum of stuff, yeah. No, that's good. <laughs> I like it. I love it. What's what do you wish people and would coffee. ask you? Coffee, you're a no. coffee lover. <laughs> yes. Part of you know, bulletproof coffee or no? Look, man, and the Gold Coast is so hot. I basically drink cold drips through okay. through summer. I'm like, yeah. a, I like a long black, but it's like it's too hot here most of the time. Fair call, <laughs> a long cold black. Yes. <laughs> what do you wish people would ask you more often? Oh, good question. Um, what do I wish people would ask me more often? There's probably a more um, a question that maybe speaks to the, the little boy in me a little bit more, the curious little adventurous boy, which is like, you know, can we talk about like some facts and shit? Because <laughs> right? I'm like, yeah, let's do that. Um, and then on the other level, I suppose a question that I end up asking a lot in some form or another and, and, and it's prompting. So therefore, perhaps this might be something that I would like people to ask of me or with me and and it's it's a simple question but it it depends on the context and that is why right so to understand and that and that kind of links to the first one as well right that that curiosity to understand things so that can be a, a simple sentence in itself why or it could be relative obviously to the to the context i figured that with you and that's why a few <laughs> of those earlier questions were why did it come about not how did it come about and why <laughs> okay so what do you believe is good action for people to take to be more impactful in their lives and in their communities? Things that they can do to make more of an impact. Um, well, I mean, on the theme of this conversation, I suppose, is like looking within and figuring out like, what do you want to make an impact on, right? And then how can I do that? And then do the bloody things. Yeah. Take the action. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely, right? Because it's... I see a lot of inaction, right? Mm. And, and as men, I think we're very good at justifying. Mm. Love rationalizations and justifications. And, and I have been there and I can still be there. Um, and so, you know, like I had a mantra for myself a long time ago when I was first like really kind of doing a lot of work on myself and understanding that basically I was just in my own head stopping myself was like, if you don't want to do it, you have to do it. And, you know, just getting used to saying that in a situation where I felt like I don't want to take the action, just kind of forced me to take the action, take the action, take the action. And the more you do it, like, you know, the easier stuff becomes, right? So mm, it becomes a habit. So two-part question here. Where can we learn more about you? What's your social media tags or the best place to find you online? And then also how can I and the listeners help you on your journey? Uh, so you can find me, so like on Instagram, um, Mike Campbell. MC, um, which is on Facebook, Mike Campbell Man Coach, easiest way, or mikecampbell.com.au um, is my website. It's a fairly common name, so I have to have the .com.au on the end there. Um, and I probably spend more time perhaps on Instagram these days, so so you know check stuff out there or interact. Always happy to interact, you know where I can. And then how can you or the listeners um, help me? Good question. 
something that my considered nature would love to um, take some time and consider. But um, I think how, how I can be supported is perhaps twofold, right? If you're listening today and that's something that, I've, that we've spoken about has resonated, either if you're a man or you know, there's a man in your life that you care about, um, and you would like to do something about that, then reach out and start a conversation, right? Like it's as simple as starting a conversation. Um, I think that was essentially leading into the second point anyway. Yeah. Right? I reckon <laughs> you wrapped it is, up. <laughs> and that is, you know, if something resonates here, take action on it. Mm. Yeah. Because uh, like if, if I were to meet someone and I, and I get this on podcasts I've been on, let's say, uh, I listened to this podcast that you're on and I'm like, that was fucking three years ago. And, you know, as a result, I did such and such. I'm like, that's, that's awesome. Right. Mm. Like I love that stuff. And so that supports me. Yeah. Brilliant. Awesome. And I'll link up everything in the show notes. And like we mentioned before, you've got your YouTube channel on there so people can uh, talk, watch you talk and also <laughs> listen to it. And, now, and some of my guests, right? Because the idea with the guests that I speak to, similar to you, right, is, is you know, normally very people that you can relate to for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I've watched a few of those and I think it's, it's brilliant. The way that it's set up and just the general open chats that it's about, it really gives you a good understanding of what Beyond the Beers means. And talking about the shit that matters. <laughs> now, before we wrap it up, is there anything else that you would like to say to the listeners or anything you would like to ask me? Ooh. Um, what would I like to say to the listeners? I think the first thing is, like, just don't be afraid to open that lid and look in there. You know, like, okay, I'll reframe that. You're allowed to be afraid because no fear is probably unrealistic. Um, but be okay with that. And honestly, when you shine the light on something, it loses a bit of power. So it's not that bad. And, and you can probably think in your life, somewhere, a conversation, something, and you built it up to be this thing, and it was never as bad as you thought it was going to be. And that's always the case. And so you just have to remind yourself of stuff like that. And hopefully that will, you know, kick you into action a bit more. Um, so do the bloody thing. Um, for you? <laughs> yeah, Okay. In what we've spoken about today, what would be the one thing that has kind of got you most curious? Most curious. <laughs> to, to run on the theme and put you on the spot. But I'm sure you asked that question because you're happy to be put on the spot. Yeah, I, uh, exactly right. Yep. <laughs> and I guess what has sparked with me was what I spoke to you about when you, the respect aspect. So you really triggered in me a curiosity now to explore that a little bit mm. more and because i'm big on energy right mm -hmm. i feel people's energy and i feel that but I, I don't often put well sometimes i do but i don't always put words to it yep. or emotions or outcomes to it yeah and but when you spoke that way about respect it it triggered that curiosity mm. within me so I'm going to explore it from nice. that regard a bit more <laughs> yeah. and and it helps me to understand others as well because also knowing that people might not have that respect for themselves mm. are they aware of that you know and like you yeah. said before that awareness is a big part of that yeah absolutely right and, and hopefully you know the idea there is that like as an individual right we can get curious and go I wonder why and certainly as a coach it's like why don't why don't they right and, and where can we get into that and understand it and, and support them yeah mm. absolutely for sure mike you're a legend you're a humble values-based bloke who's creating the space, the education, and the skills 
for men and women to enjoy life's wholeness. Keep shining your light well beyond the beers, my man. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Robert. There he is, guys. What a genuine legend. I hope this inspired you to tap into your curiosity more and reflect on your self-respect. Make sure you check out Mike online at mikecampbell.com.au and follow him on Instagram at MC. And I've linked those in the show notes for you. Actually, do us a favor and take a screenshot of this episode and tag both Mike and I on social media and let us know what you thought about this episode. That can be a great way for other people to be exposed to this conversation that might get a lot of value from it. Also, don't forget to check out the Gut Health and Gut Brain Connection program at yourlifeofimpact.com forward slash gut health. And as always, remember, this is your life journey, your life of impact.